Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Tonight is what we call Shabbat Hagadul. And Shabbat Hagadul means the Great Sabbath. The reason why it's called the Great Sabbath is I'm going to explain as we go along, but it is the time in which God launches us into a season of miracles. And you're going to see the miracle on the great Shabbat in which God actually reversed nature. And I'll explain that. But the thing that we want you to remember is, is that with God tonight, tonight and and on God's calendar, on the calendar tonight literally is Shabbat Hagadul. Next week, and this launches us into the month of Nisan. The month of Nisan is the month of miracles. Next Sabbath, next Friday night, we are going to have a miracle service. And when you see this, I think you're going to realize that There may be things that looked impossible, but we are in a prophetic season in which God is going to do the miraculous. Now, in about 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so, we'll actually be in Shabbat Hagadul. And so we're going to light the candles now instead of waiting till the end. But something I want you to remember or realize tonight is that On Shabbat Hagadul, while Israel was in Egypt, this is the first time that the Israelis, the Jewish people, connected the Sabbath to the supernatural. Now, I'll explain that as we go along. They knew the Sabbath was on Friday night to Saturday night, but they looked at it as a time of rest. But the Sabbath is the weekly window of heaven in which in this, if we remember and we keep the Sabbath, God opens that window and pours out every miracle that you're going to receive for the whole rest of the week. And so it's one of the main reasons why Christians don't see the miracles that the lamb, our Passover lamb paid for is because we don't stop at sunset on Friday and welcome in the Sabbath miracles. Tonight, I, I, my prayer for all of you and everyone watching around the world by stream is you realize there is something supernatural God is getting ready to lead us into. And it began with Israel and may it begin with all of us on Shabbat Hagadul, the Sabbath of great, great miracles. Amen? Yes. And so as in Shabbat, for those of you that maybe are new to it, is that you begin the Sabbath with the ladies of the house lighting the candles. And what you're saying is, is that no matter how dark it gets out there, In our home, in our life, in our family, the light of God will always shine. Now, let me say something to you. 
God is not a God of ritual. God is a God of revelation. And there is nothing more important, whether you're Jew or Gentile, if you're a Gentile that's received the Passover lamb as your Lord and Savior, if I could only teach you one thing, one thing to make your life better, remember the Sabbath. Stop and welcome that Sabbath light in. Welcome that Sabbath miracle in. Just think about this. Just think about this. God has miracles waiting for you this next week. There are Christians all over America right now that are doing something except welcoming in the Sabbath. And they're going to miss the miracles that God has this next week. If I can teach you anything through this teaching of the great Shabbat, where Israel began their journey of miracles, they went from slaves to this world to the children and the chosen ones of God. And the first thing God said to them was, remember the Sabbath. The last thing Jesus said to us was, do not leave until you receive the Holy Ghost. Why? Because in these last days, that Spirit of God will lead us and guide us and show us things. May God open our eyes to the miracle tonight of the time that is holy unto God, and that is the time of Sabbath. Amen? So the ladies, Tiz and the girls are going to light the candles. Tiz lights two as a married Katie lights one as someone single, and may by this time next year, Katie light two of them. And Katie said, amen. Ladies. Father, as we light these Sabbath candles tonight, Father, we welcome in your Sabbath presence, your promises, and all of your miracles. Father, we're so grateful that you have allowed us this blessing, God, to connect to all of your supernatural promises, blessings, and every miracle, God, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to ask you this evening, and I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to read a long portion of scripture. Thank you, guys. And the reason is, is because all of this tonight carries us to the resurrection of the Lamb of God. And I want you to read the whole story. And as we're reading it, I'm going to stop a little bit. You know, um, last night I started studying for tonight. And uh, very seldom do I pull notes out of a drawer. But when we have Passover or when we have Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur or something, uh, I'll pull the notes out because it's the main teaching for that Moedim, that appointed time. God says, is there not an appointed time? So on God's calendar, 
at certain times, we know exactly what it is God wants us to teach. Now, every year, no matter what I'm teaching, when I teach it, I'll pull it out, I'll study the notes that I've studied before, and then I'll go and study more things. And every year, God adds something new to it, something fresh, something deeper. And so last night, I went to pull out my notes that I've taught for I don't know how many years on Shabbat Hagadul, the great Shabbat, and I couldn't find them. And I looked everywhere, and I don't know where they are, but my Bible says in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. So I said, God, what do you want me to do? So I know the story of Shabbat Hagadul. All of us know the story of Shabbat Hagadul, and we're going to read it here. But I felt like, why can't I find it? Because I have these certain holidays in a certain place, and I couldn't find them. So I was studying this morning, and I thought, God, you want to show me something new. You want to show me something different. And so every year we would teach during this time, Shabbat Hagadul, the importance of it, leading into Passover, leading into Jesus being the Lamb of God, Jesus in the Passover, Jesus in the blood, and the Passover blood. But this year, as I was studying this and I'm reading this, I realize this is prophetic for where we are right now. And I want you to receive what I'm going to teach as a prophetic word of not just a note of history of what God did, but a prophetic word on what God is getting ready to do. And I want you to look at the children of Israel. And when we say the children of Israel, the Jewish people, we're, we're talking also about us as Christians and the church. So I want you to look at, as we talk about this journey of the children of Israel, I want you to look at your life, I want you to look at the world, and I want you to look at the church and see how closely related we are right now to what was happening when Israel came out of Egypt. Read with me in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginnings of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, let me stop right now. What he's talking about on the Hebrew calendar is the month of Nisan. We are in the month of Nisan right now. And God says, for you, this is the beginning of, of a new year. Now, I want you to receive that. Maybe you've gone through some battles. Maybe you need a breakthrough. Maybe you're looking for this or that. God is saying this year will be, this month will the be, be the beginning, a new beginning for the rest of the year for you. Now, when I read for you, I read that God is saying this to me. And you need to receive that God is saying this to you. You know what? The devil's done this. We've gone through COVID. We've had this uh, economic problem, family problem, uh, health problems, uh, uh, whatever it is. God is saying the month of Nisan in Hebrew is called the month of the birthing of miracles. So I want you to receive this as right now that this is a birthing of miracles and a a new beginning for a whole new year. 
You know, we, we came into the office today, and I told the guys, I said, uh, I said I, I've never felt this teaching being so prophetic. And when we're in there, Derek says to us, and I won't give details, Derek says to us, I haven't talked to you since Sunday, right? And I said, no. And he says, well, let me tell you what just happened. Boy, you talk about a birthing of miracles in Derek and Katrina's life. It's, 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 I said these words, that's unbelievable. And those are the wrong words to use, but the birthing of those, that miracle that they've just experienced is beyond anything that we can imagine. And so whenever you hear or see that in somebody else's life, say it out loud. Thank you, dear. Thank you. That's why when the Bible says amen, that that means so be it. So I declare to you, no matter what it looks like in the natural, no matter how bad or even how good, you know, right now things are going really good for me but I believe this is a, tonight is a birthing of things where it's going to get gooder. Do you receive that? It doesn't, you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be bad to get better. It can be great and get better. Oh, is anybody receiving this? This is why God says, is there not an appointed time? Why does God have these times on the calendar to wake us up because we're busy doing things. We're busy defeating the enemy. We're busy building our family. We're busy working. And God said, stop and look. This is my calendar in which I am meeting with you to do what I said on this date. Amen. All right. Verse two or verse three. Speak to all the congregation of Israel. How many? A few, one or two, a respecter of persons. This is a word of prophecy to everyone who has ears to hear and eyes to see. Let me stop right there. Do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? Then from now on, on Friday night, stop and welcome in the Sabbath. If you do that, if you do that, the windows of heaven open up on the Sabbath. Ancient Jewish wisdom tells us on the Sabbath, every one of our prayers goes before the throne of God. And God answers those prayers and begins the journey of those miracles. If you don't do it, well, you know, I got, I, I'm going golfing or I got bowling or I'm, you know, I got, well, f- fine. But then don't complain when the windows of heaven don't open. There are your ways and my ways and there are his ways. Amen. This is for all the congregation. Simple. Simple, right? Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Now, as I'm reading this, obviously, because we're not going to have time to do the Passover meal this year, because uh, next Friday we have Shabbat on Friday. We have Passover begins on Friday and we have Good Friday. 
So next Friday is a time of triple blessing. But we don't have time for the, the, the Passover meal. So look at Jesus in this, and I'll stop as we go along. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for him a lamb. Say, a lamb. A lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons according to each man need, and you shall make make your count for the lamb. Now, I don't have time to teach this. I've taught this before. You know it. But if you notice when he says this to the congregation, he said, go and find a lamb. But by the time you decide to take hold of the lamb, it's gone from a lamb to the lamb. It's gone from a lamb that everybody's doing to you making an individual decision And when you make an individual decision to obey what God tells you to obey, obey, it goes from a lamb that's just out there to the lamb that belongs to your house. Every word in the Torah is there for a reason. There's nothing coincidental about it. The lamb, verse 5. Now look at what verse 5 says. Your lamb. So it went from a lamb... So you know what? I'm obeying God and getting it. This is the lamb. And now that it's the lamb, it's my lamb. So now that it's my lamb, every promise that that lamb paid for by his blood is now mine and my household. Simple. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep are from the goats. Now, we, we remember sheep and the goats. We also remember on Yom Kippur when they brought two sheep or two goats. One was sacrificed for sin. The other one was to break every curse that would block the blessing. And they would take the blood of that lamb or that goat, go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle it how many times? Seven, Seven times. How many t- places did Jesus shed his blood? This right here is the beginning of those miracles. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Now, we don't have time to get into this, but just just to bring it down home for everybody, is that on the great Shabbat, they went out and got a lamb. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. They brought it home. It became the lamb. When they got it into their home, God said, keep it for four days. Now it's your lamb. Now it's your lamb. Now they're about to shed the blood, but go back to Jesus. When Jesus came riding in on the donkey, this was the great Shabbat. And as they came walking in, the Bible says the people were waiting for a lamb. They were in the streets waiting for the priests to bring in a lamb for Passover, for the shedding of blood, for the remission of sin. But as they saw Jesus, they began to shout, Hosanna, our salvation has come. And the Bible says they saw Jesus as the lamb. And as they begin to shout, 
Our salvation only comes through him. He became their lamb. It's exactly the same wording as you see right here because Jesus is the Passover lamb. Everything we see on Passover is not just for the year, but it's for all of our lives when we acknowledge that Jesus is our Passover lamb. Amen. And they shall take some of the blood, verse 7, some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts of the lintels of their house where they eat. Now, let me stop right there. A lot of teaching in this, but like I said, we don't have time to do the Passover teaching. So many times when we think about the blood of the Passover lamb, we think about them taking the hyssop, they're standing in front of their door, their house is in there, and they put it on the doorpost of their house. And the Lord says, when I see the blood, I will make the angel of death, the angel of destruction, pass over your house. But that is not what happened. Read it again. Take the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house where you eat. Do you eat outside? Well, in Texas, we do barbecue. But they're not eating outside. They are saying something, God is saying something very positive. Take the blood of the lamb, bring it into your home, bring it into your family, bring it into your house. Not just something on Sunday or Saturday. Bring the blood of the lamb into your house. Make it every day part of your house and put it on the doorpost where you eat. So they did not put the blood on the outside of the door. They put the blood, history says, on the inside of the door because then God says, when I see the blood, not only will I protect you, but I will protect everyone in your home. This is why it's so important that parents take charge and make the blood of the lamb the number one thing in their house. This is why it's vital that if there's a dad in the house, the dad leads the way. The dad says we're keeping Shabbat. The dad says we're lighting the candles. The dad says we're going to church. The dad says we're reading the Bible. The dad says we're not watching that and we can watch this. If there's not a dad, then the mom does this because it's talking about the head of the household. And when the head of the household does this, then God says, I will not allow that me to come in and strike anyone that's in your house. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't go through battles. We do go through battles. We, we all go through battles, but the enemy will not strike to the point of destruction. And this is a time in which maybe the devil's uh, attacked your, your, your health, or maybe the devil's attacked your finances, or maybe the devil has attacked your children, or maybe the devil has attacked your job or your business. This is a time right now that God gives a new beginning, and I declare in every area for every one of us this next year is going to be a supernatural miracle time. Somebody say amen. Then they shall eat the flesh, verse 8, on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. 
Do not eat it raw nor boiled. I don't have time to teach all this. Uh, uh, Boiled at all with water, but roasted in the fire with its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning. What remains of it in the morning you shall burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it with your belt around your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. So you shall eat, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, without getting into all that real quick, because we don't have time to, uh, every one of those things is a weak teaching. But what God is saying is, you need to do this, and you, while you're eating it, you need to be ready to go. Now, they had, understand, they've been in, they've been in slavery. They've been in, in Egypt for 400 years. They've been in slavery for 210 years. 210 years. And now all of a sudden, God says, get ready. Get ready. Things are about to change. Now, I'm going to show you why that is. But we teach this every year. But I'm telling you guys, you look at Bible prophecy. You look what's going on. You look at what, how America has changed in the last year and a half. You look at the world changing. And I'm telling you something. If we have ever needed the Lamb of God, we need it right now. And if we've ever needed to be ready to go. And what God is saying is, don't you get lazy. Don't you get, don't you get passive. And, and I'm going to say this. Uh, and I understand But I really believe one of the attacks of the devil in COVID was to lure people from being lazy in serving God and going to church. I understand every church has faced this. Every church has gone through this. But I believe that was one of the wiles of the devil where he got us used to just going to church in our jammies. And my Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves to gather as the manner of some is, especially what? As you see that day approaching. Now that day approaching, I'm going to show you if we have time, is directly linked with tonight. It's directly linked with tonight. And I believe one of the uh, one of the attacks of one of the wiles of the devil, one of the strategies of the devil was to bring this COVID in and then the church gets shut down. Gambling places don't get shut down. The casinos don't get shut down. Just churches. Have you heard the latest on, on saving our environment? They're looking at passing a, a worldwide law that you can't drive on Sunday. It's true. We need to beware of the wiles of the devil, the strategies of the devil. Oh, it's for the sake, it's for the sake of the environment. Baloney, it is because the devil knows that as long as God has a remnant of people, or if you come to church, you can't sing because the devil knows God inhabits the praises of his people. You understand? And so you look at these things that happened in, in Egypt thousands of years ago and look how what is happening today. And we need to wake up more than ever and be about our father's business. Can I have an amen? And thus you shall eat it with your belt around your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, once again, uh, let me let me share with you. So many times, you know, one of the keys, we're getting ready in a few weeks to go into 
first fruits of Passover. So many times people go, well, that's the Old Testament. These feasts are for the Jews. And we've showed you over and over again when the Lord says three times a year you come before the Lord and you do not come empty-handed. They go, well, those are the Jews' feasts. The Lord says, these are my feasts forever. Now, I looked at this year's calendar, and we are still part of forever. I checked it out in Hebrew and English. And here he says, this is the Lord's Passover. This is not a certain group or a certain religion. Yes, God first chose the Jewish people. They are the chosen race. But we are grafted into them. We, are, we have been made part of them. And so we need to understand these teachings, even though the church world says, well, that's the old. You know, when the, when the Bible was first put together again, there was no Old Testament and New Testament. That division of Jewish stuff and Christian stuff came out of a city. Where is it? Rome? Is there Rome? To separate us from the blessing. A strategy. Look at the next verse. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now put your finger there and jump back to the left in verse chapter 11, verse uh, 6. Then there will be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know the Lord does make a difference between Egyptians and Israel. I'm sorry, start with verse 5. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant, who is behind the handmill, all the firstborn of the beasts. Now, God tells the Jewish people, I want you to go and get a lamb. And I want you to get that lamb and bring it to your house on the eve of Shabbat. The lamb was a god, one of the main gods of the Egyptians. As a matter of fact, it was the main god of prosperity. Now, a thing that we don't read too often is, is that what caused this all to happen was the Jewish people, after 210 years of being slaves, they had assimilated. Well, what opened the door for them to be slaves, when they first came to Egypt with the time of Joseph, they were rulers. But the more they assimilated to be like the world, the more they felt it was their political, economical advantage to stop being so religious and start being more like the world, the more worldly they got, the further God got from them. 
The further we move away from God and what he teaches in his word. Well, pastor, this was thousands of years ago, and it's the year 2022. Come on, get with it, get modern. I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. I change not. The reason why America was the greatest country on the planet is because we were formed as a Judeo-Christian nation. One nation under God. And when we're under God, when we're covered by God, our blessing, our enemies, supernatural provision. But just like Israel in Egypt, well, you know what, man, we're ruling, we're reigning, we're doing well. And we pull further and further away from God. You know, I know the Bible says to pray over your meal, but you know what if somebody sees me? What if I'm embarrassed? Or what if you're blessed by God? That's the same thing with the church world. That's what's happened. That was the church of Sardis. The church of Sardis had no, he said, God said, what did we teach last week? God said, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. God says, when you come into my house, lift your hands, lift up holy hands, praise him. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Well, pastor, that's not my nature. Well, until you don't breathe anymore, it is your nature. What happens to a body? How do you know a body's dead? The spirit's left. The spirit's left. So God here tells them, I want you to bring a lamb. And if, I think it's in Exodus eight thirty six, I believe. And they said, well, God, if we do that, they'll stone us. And God basically says, are you going to obey them? Or are you going to obey me? Now, that's the word on Shabbat Hagadu. But let me, let me take you down a little further. I mean, there's so much to teach. Verse 13 says, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. That's actually a, a bad translation from Hebrew to English because it's, it's not God that's, that's destroying, but he's opening the door for that destruction. That's what happens if I were to pull away from God that would open the door. The, the further I get away from God, the further I get away from the light, the more darkness comes in. Right? But he says, if I see the blood, it's not just we sing about the blood. It's not just that we go, I, 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 I plead the blood. It's that we live according to the seven places that Jesus shed his blood. He said, when I see the blood, in other words, we can't fool him. We can't go, uh, the Lord said, did, did you bring the lamb in your house? And did you shed the, oh, I did it, Lord, I, I did it. The Lord said, I don't see the blood. If you remember in the church of Sardis, he had seven spirits and seven eyes, right? He sees everything. So he sees if we're serving him, he sees if we're keeping the Sabbath. He sees if we're living according to 
the word of God. He sees that. I'm not getting any amens on that. Tiz didn't even amen me on that. She goes, I did too. I know. I know. Now the blood shall be a sign for you and the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, I believe this is a prophetic word for where we are right now of divine protection. It's crazy out there. We have people that are doing things now that a year ago we thought they would go to jail for. Well, we're going to teach your kindergartners about sex and about transgender. I think that's called a pedophile. The head, of, the head of education today from Washington said, oh, you guys are taking it too serious. See how fast this is changing? But see, if we don't understand what the word of God says, then we'll slowly be assimilated into that thinking. Well, what's wrong with if, if a guy, if a guy uh, thinks he's a girl and a girl thinks, what, what's wrong? And, and we just keep hearing what Egypt is saying. We just kept hearing what Egypt is saying. And we need to stay on the word. God created male and female. We're not against anybody. Just the word. God didn't make me a heroin addict, but God did deliver me. And what Satan meant for evil, God uses for good. Right? Okay. So this day shall be, be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it, verse 14, as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by everlasting ordinance. I wonder how many Christians are in church tonight keeping the everlasting ordinance of Shabbat Hagadol. Am I, am I, we're here. That, that's right. We're here. We're all here present. But, but I say that not to pick on anybody, but I say that to how far we've come away from the word of God. Read it again. You shall, you shall, who shall keep it? Who shall keep it? You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Everlasting. Why? Because God wants us blessed. He wants divine protection over us, right? Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Now, this part I don't like. I was in Israel a couple times during Passover where you cannot eat any leavened bread. I was so sick of matzah. I mean, at the hotel, no bread. I'm a Gentile. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Now, literally in Jewish households, they go through and they get everything out of there that has leaven in it. Because they're preparing for the miracle of Passover. They're preparing for the miracle of divine provision. They begin the journey with the wealth of the wicked. 
in the hands of the righteous and divine deliverance. So do we need to go and get rid of all the wonder bread out of our house? Let's say you don't need to get rid of the leaven in your cupboard. But how about getting rid of any leaven that's in your life? Because look what's what's coming. Divine protection. The plague's coming. Divine protection. Divine provision. The, The people that had them as slaves, the people whose lives they just ruined because they no longer have slave labor. They went up to him and said, we would like all your gold, all your silver, all your cattle. And they go, please take it. Take it. That's the, that's the first end time transfer of wealth. That's going to happen again. It, it's, it's, it's happening again. It's, it's happening again. Amen? And divine deliverance. No longer does this world own us. No longer does this world tell us what to do. I, I, if I get in there, I'll tell you what the word Pharaoh means, but let's, let's keep reading. On the first day, there should be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, this is the seventh day of, of Passover, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No matter of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this same day, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the first first fruit offering. When they brought a first fruit offering on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they were bringing an offering. It's a Thanksgiving offering. It's a Thanksgiving offering. Say, 210 years, Pharaoh has beat us to a pulp, killed us at will, kept us in poverty. The first fruit offering they brought was a barley offering. Does anybody remember why? They didn't have wheat. They were slaves. Barley is what the Egyptians fed the animals. And the world says, you're nothing to us but an animal. So the only thing they had was barley. Now, 50 days later, on Pentecost, 50, Shavuot, because they had sunk, they had sunk 49 levels of depravity. They had sunk from the time Joseph came out of Israel and they went into Egypt and they were blessed and they began to act like the world. They had sunk down 49 levels. That's why the counting of the Omar, the seven weeks uh, uh, leading up to Pentecost. And then 50, they they brought a double loaf of wheat offering and they waved it before the Lord saying we are no longer limited by what Pharaoh or this world will do to us. No longer is Pharaoh. And here's a, here's a message you need to share with anybody, everybody. This government, Wall Street, is not my provider. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And don't you let them, and excuse me if I say this, not politically correct, but know my heart. Don't you let our government turn us into slaves. And that's the process in which they're going. In Egypt, you had the firstborn, which are the financial heads. Very few, the firstborn, the financial heads, no middle class, and then slaves. And that's what they're trying to do today. 
But we declare on this time that we will not be limited by a barley offering, but we are being, we are making aliyah. We are being elevated from the slave mentality. Just give us something free to rulers and reigners under Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Now it, it took them. People ask all the time, why did it take 50 days? Remember when Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and he didn't come down in their due time? What did they say? Well, we better, we better build an idol. We better build an idol. And, oh, if we only had leeks and garlic. It took them a long time to get out of that give me something free to realize we are the children of God. You are the children of God. And everything you put your hands to, God will cause it to prosper. Amen. All right, I got to keep going. You shall observe, uh, um, therefore, you shall observe the day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. Go to verse 18. In the first month, that's where we are now, the month of Nisan, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. This is Passover. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leaven, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Now, obviously, if you eat bread, you're not cut off. But God is saying something here that there is a blessing coming on the house of God. And, and, and this, is, this is a Moedim every year. But I believe this right now. I, 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 I'll tell you something I said on tel- we filmed our television programs Wednesday I believe you are going to see come November. We don't have to wait till November. Come November, we're going to see a major political change. And everything's going to, everything's going to come back, and there's going to be jobs and business and everything. But those of us between now and November that do what God tells them to do, serving God when it's maybe not convenient, serving God... We're setting up, and when that time comes and God reverses and we get rid of all this nonsense, those of us who are doing right as the congregation of Israel, we're going to see the blessing of God fall on us. Amen? All right, where am I? 19? Thank you. For seven days, uh, no leavened bread shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or native of the land. Uh, interesting thought, just to put in there, stranger always means Gentile. And, uh, uh, and a lot of people think it was Jews that went to Mount Sinai. It was Jews and Gentiles. Because after the 10 plagues, there was a whole lot of Gentiles that go, we're going with you. We're, we're, uh, uh, let your God be our God. We're following you. The heck with Pharaoh. We saw what power he has. You, you turn the Nile into blood, frogs and locusts and everything else. We're going with you. And so a lot of Gentiles, a lot of Gentiles were there and became part of the family of Israel. You think about that, what's happening right now. We're Jew and Gentile right now. I just got back from Israel. I have never seen the Jewish people, and I was with government official after government official after government official, so thankful that Jews and Gentiles are tearing down the walls that divide, and we are standing as one. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like never before. It's history. All right. Uh, where am I again? 20. You shall eat nothing leaven 
in all your habitations you shall not eat uh, unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood of that of the basin and strike the lintel on the two doorposts within the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Once again, don't go out. They're inside when they put the blood on there for the cover their whole family. Believe this. Maybe you got uh, a husband or a wife or kids or, or grandfather, grandmother that needs God. Cover them right now with the blood of Jesus. Cover them tonight with the blood of Jesus. Verse, uh, where am I? 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and went. And by the way, the, the scripture says, the scripture said that he would strike all the firstborn in the land. That include Jews. He said the people, the animals, everybody. If he didn't, if that didn't, if there wasn't a threat for the Jews to be struck, he would have never said, put the blood on your door. Because when I see the blood on your door, I'll pass over. So it wasn't just, oh, yeah, the, yeah all, those, all, those, all those people living in sin in Vegas. How about the people living in sin in New Beginnings? Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. We got to understand just because we're Christians doesn't mean we got, we got to, we got to be, we got to be, we got to live like Christians. Right. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians when he sees the blood on the lintel, the two bows, uh, the Lord will pass over the door and not, look at this next part of this verse and not, how is it written up there? And on the two bows and not allow the destroyer to come into your homes and strike you. Look in your Bible at the word you. Do you see something unusual with it? Not on there. Not on there because we, we, we can't show it on there. Look in your Bible. Italicized. The word you is italicized. When something is italicized, what does it mean? In the Bible, what does it mean? Man added it to try to explain it. So he says, when I see the blood... On the doorpost of your house, I will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike. Not just strike you. See, this is a, a, a unique understanding of sanctification. That a husband can sanctify a wife, a wife can sanctify a husband, parents can sanctify their kids. It may look like, uh, you know, well, my husband will never serve God or whatever. But when you are standing in the gap, God will protect your family not to be destroyed. Now, it doesn't mean if they're not serving God, the enemy won't take pot shots at them and they come home with spiritual black eyes, but he will not allow the destroyer to come in and destroy your family. He will not allow your family to be destroyed. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. How long should we do this? Forever. And it will come to pass that when you come to the land, which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. 
Even though now you're in the promised land, now, now your herds are full and your vineyards are growing, you still do this. You still bring yourself back and say, you know what? There's an enemy out there, and I need to keep the blood of the lamb in my home and my family. And, you know, I was telling Derek, I said, one of the reasons why God keeps blessing you, I've been doing this for a long, long, long time. And, you know, back in the day, most of our ministry was the street people, drug addicts and prostitutes and 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 homeless. And, uh, and they'd come in, you know, and... and I've, we've seen so many come in homeless and end up building their own business and wealthy and doing well. But I, it's a pattern. But all of a sudden, you know what? They don't need to believe God for their rent. They don't need to believe God for gas in their car. They don't need to believe God to have a roof over the head. Now everything they're b- doing is being blessed. And all of a sudden, they're not tithing anymore. And all of a sudden, they're not in church anymore. You know, they're missing, well, you know, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm this. And I told Derek, I said, and, and you end up seeing these people so many times, more than not, lose their business, lose their family, lose their home. You know, it's one thing that when they're shutting that jail cell door and you're going, oh, God, please, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you. And then when God opens the door, it's like, well, you know... I got a really good job, and I got I to work on Sundays. And You know, when I first got saved, we were taught we don't miss church. I, my, one of my first jobs when we got married is I loaded trucks, and they put me on the night shift where I would start at 5 and work until 1 in the morning or something like that. And it was a small town, flexed to Arizona, but I worked it out that I could take my lunch break on Wednesday night so I could go and drive to church. I'd be all greasy and full of dirt, and I'd be in there in church praising God, and then I'd leave as soon as, we, as, soon as it was over and get back. Why? Because I didn't want to lose what God had put in my life, and that's the same now. Listen, the most dangerous time, the mo- this is what happened to I- each Israel. The most dangerous time is not when they're closing the, the jail, del, uh, jail cell door. The most dangerous time is when you don't need a miracle. Your body's healed. You're, 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 you found a husband. You found a wife. You got a business, got a good job. And now all of a sudden we don't need to, God to meet our need every week. And we forget it's the Lord who gives us power in our hands to gain wealth. You know, Derek started out in prison. Came in here, got married, married Katrina, met Katrina in the church. But, you know, Derek still is never misses church, still serves, still does his thing. This is what happened to Israel in Egypt. They didn't go in as slaves. They went in as the, the number two man in Egypt. Somebody say amen. Are you seeing what's happening? This is America. Man, we came, o- we came over as slaves, dentured servants. We fought, we defeated the largest military in the world, the British Army, with squirrel guns. They had troops coming in, marching, squirrel guns. But we were made as one nation under God. And miracle after miracle, and we're losing that miracle. We're losing it. But God is saying, remember this night and come back to it. Amen? Amen? Let me go on. 
And, I will come, and, and I, it will come to the pass when you come into the land, which the Lord God will give you, just as he promised that he keep this, this service. And it shall be that when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered their households. Let, let me just throw a side note in. Forgive me for going so long. Let, let me just throw a side note. The, 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 the word Passover is where we, is the word we get from the word Peshek. And the word Peshek means to tell. So every year at Passover, you tell. You tell the story. You, you, you share the story with the children of Israel. But in Hebrew, there's another m- meaning to that word tell. It means revealing a secret. So you tell the secret. Pastor Larry, how did you go from a drug dealer, from a kid in inner city South St. Louis, a drug addict, to a pastor? Let me tell you a secret. How did when Lion had a rare form of leukemia that they'd never seen a child survive? What's the secret? When they gave Tiz three months to live, what's the secret? What's the secret? It's right here. Number one, we have the lamb. Number two, we have his blood. And number three, we never forget the Sabbath. Because it is the weekly window of heaven opened up over us and the miracle power of God. Now, we can live being having the lamb without the power of the blood or without the weekly window of heaven open, but who would want to? Why would we want to? Let me close. I, I'm, I'm really running long. Uh, where am I? <laughs> 28, that you shall, 27, that you say is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered. You know, I was just thinking, you you should tell the secret. You know, when I grew up in South St. Louis, there was a saying, once a junkie, always a junkie. My mom told Tiz, she said, never thought we'd see him alive again. He'd either get killed in a drug deal or he'd die of an overdose. I was putting a needle in my arm sometimes 10, 12 times a day. What's the secret? I didn't just get saved. I began to serve God. I began to serve God with more energy than I was serving the devil. That's the key. I mean, I served the devil full bore. Full bore. And I figured if the devil's going to steal, kill, and destroy me, and the Lord come to give me life and life more abundant, I ought to serve him better than I was serving the devil. I mean, think about, think, I don't know about you, but I'd do anything to go find drugs. I'd do anything to get high. I'd do anything to stick a needle in my arm. I'd do anything to, 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 to live that lifestyle. I'd sell everything I had to do it. And then i come to the Lord, and it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's too hard for me to give 10%. It's too hard for me. I gave the devil 24-7, 365. If I can do that for the one who wants to destroy me, how much more should we do that for the one who wants to open the windows of heaven? Does that make sense? 
So people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. And they did. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck the firstborn of the land of Egypt from the firstborn to Pharaoh who sat on the throne. Nobody escapes thee, the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. Nobody escaped who wasn't under the blood. Guys, this, if there's ever been a warning for us right now, look, can it get any worse faster than it's getting worse now? Now, I believe we're going to have, a, uh, I believe this awakening, but I might be wrong, but no matter what, I want to be a part of the blessing or I want to be part of the Passover. So Pharaoh rose at night and he and his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, and there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise and go out among the people, both you and the children of Israel. Go and serve the Lord, as you had said. See, I believe that's what's going to happen. Now, let me, let me, let me uh, show you something real quick here. Also, take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go and bless me also. <laughs> go and bless me. Uh, uh, okay, by the way, you're going in. Would you bless me? And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened and having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. Had done according to the word of Moses. Did what the Bible says. Does what the Bible says. I am the Lord, and I change not. And ask the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, articles of cloth, the first end-time transfer of wealth. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. They went from slaves to plundering the wealth of the wicked. All right, now let me, I, I, I've gone 20 minutes over what I want to do, and we're going to take communion here, but let me, let me share. I won't even look at notes. I'll just, I'll just tell you. Why do they call this Shabbat Hagadol? Because of the miracle that God did. And let me just tell this story real quick. God said to them, I want you to go get a lamb. The lamb was the deity of the Egyptians, but it also had become the deity of the Jews. It was, above all, a deity of provision, a deity of finances. That's why Moses said, if we go and get their lamb, they will stone us. This is their God. The God of the world is money. And we need to make sure that we don't sell God out for any price. Well, if I do this or I don't do this, I'll make more money. Listen to me. That I, I had a great, great, great preacher who you don't even hear of anymore. And he called me one time and he said, I want to talk to you and Tiz. And he said, Larry, I believe God is putting my anointing concerning Israel on you. He said, God told me to warn you. Watch what you do because God's going to put you on television. We never even dreamed of being on television. And he said, you know what took me down? When I realized if I just bent the truth a little bit more. I could get a whole lot more money. Now, this brother was so kind to give me this warning that I've remembered for 20-something years now. 
we got to make sure that the message that we preach or the jobs that we do or whatever it is, we don't do it because of the paycheck. We do it because it's what the Word of God tells us to do. Amen. Amen? So Moses, God tells Moses, go get the, the deity of money. And he said, man, if we do, they'll kill us. They'll stone us. And he said, not only do I want you to go get it, but I want you to go do it on the Sabbath. Now, up until this point, the Jews, understand, 50 days from now, we're going to get the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The Jews had never had that. The Sabbath has been there since the seventh day of creation. And it was in the Jewish spirit to understand that if God rested on the Sabbath day, they're slaves, they're going to try to rest on the Sabbath day. Not because it's religious, but because we can get a rest. So this was part of theirs, and sometimes they let them do this. It was nothing to do with religion yet. This Shabbat Hagadul was the first time that they realized that if we rest before the Lord, we tap in on the Sabbath to God's miracles. This is where that began. So on the Sabbath where the Egyptians, the, the labor forcers are used to them saying, we're, t- we're taking this off. They went and got these sheep and God said, I want you to do it on this day so all the Egyptians know something's up. If they'd have done it any other time, you know, Monday or Tuesday, they're bringing the lambs on. Well, they're, they're walking the lambs. But instead, they're walking the lambs when normally they take the day off. And so the firstborn, and even nowadays, but especially then, the firstborn are the ones who inherit the business, right? The firstborn, they inherit the business. So the firstborn are the financial leaders. And so they see the Jews walking with these lambs. And they come up to them because they own these guys. This is where they make their money. And they come up to them and said, what are you doing with these lambs? They said, we're, we're killing them. We're sacrificing them to God. Why would you do that? Because he's going to kill the firstborn. And if we put the blood on the doorpost of our house, we'll be saved. Now, here's why they call it Shabbat Hagadul, the great Shabbat, because of the great miracle. The firstborn knew that if God said he's going to kill the firstborn, he really was. You know, the first time he said, I'm going to turn the Nile into blood. They're going, yes, right. Then he said, I'm going to bring a rain of frogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Boils. Every ninth plagues that he said, he did exactly, not only exactly, but exceedingly abundantly above anything they could ask or think. So this time, when Moses says the first barn are going to be killed, the first barn realized he's going to do it. So the first barn went to their fathers and Pharaoh, the oligarchs of Egypt, and said, you got to let these Jews go. You got to let them go. 
They say, we're not letting them go. This is how how our money's made. They said, if you don't let them go, we're going to die. And they said, oh, don't forget about it. And so the firstborn, literally, the ones who were the owners of the slaves, literally formed an army to fight against Pharaoh. The enemy of God's people became the ally of God's people. The darkness over God's people became the light over God's people. And when the army of the firstborn who had the money, who had the resources, waged war on their own fathers, on their own fathers, and on Pharaoh, they killed so many of each other that Pharaoh came and said, and then the firstborn were, were, died. Pharaoh and the people said, let him go, get him out. Now, let me throw a little side note. I've never taught this during, during this time. Forgive me, but this is really a prophetic time. The Haftorah portion of this teaching on Passover is Malachi, where Malachi says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. And they said, how do we return in tithes and offerings? We know that. But the main part of that is the very last prophetic word in Malachi. Malachi was the last prophet. Israel had come out of Babylonian captivity. I believe that's kind of where the enemy's trying to take the world. They get back into Jerusalem. It's called the Great Assembly. And all the sages and all the prophets are, and all the great rabbis are meeting. And they're praying. They say, God, what do we do so the enemy doesn't defeat us anymore? And God says, Teshuvah. This is the Shabbat of Teshuvah. Teshuvah, return unto me, and I'll return. If you return to me, I'll return to you. And we know the story. How do we return? In tithes and offerings. Because just like in Egypt, they said, you know what, man? Our herds are growing. Our flocks are growing. Our vineyards are growing. Man, we don't need to bring our first fruit. We don't need to pay our tithes, and we don't need to keep Shemitah. Set the land aside on the seventh day. Remember, they sunk. Jews in Egypt sunk seven levels, 49 steps. And so they said, we don't need it anymore. And so God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. Now, go back to Passover. And here they were, the ones who held them in slavery, the ones who were in charge, the ones who ran the government. All of a sudden, they flipped by a miracle of God And instead of being the enemy of the children of God, they began to fight for the children of God because they realized God is on their side. The very last words of the prophet Malachi, the very last words in the the Old Testament are, I will send the prophet who will prepare the coming of the Lord. He'll prepare the coming of the Lord. And he said, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the son and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. And if this doesn't happen, I'll destroy your land. Those are the last words. Well, what does he mean? In Hebrew, everything God teaches is physical and spiritual. So I believe 
what we're seeing in our school systems, what we're seeing being taught by so many teachers that is turning the hearts of our children away from the gods of their father. God says in the last days, through kindness and love, the sons will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons will turn the hearts, their hearts back to their fathers. So I believe this the, the, the things that are being taught in school are going to be be destroyed and God is going to bring that family unity back again. But the other spiritual side is the fathers are Israel. The sons are the church and our hearts will go to the fathers and the father's hearts will come to the sons. It is a supernatural. Now, am I okay? Am I okay? In the world, God has three levels. Can I get a little mystical for you? In the world, God has three levels. Those things which are Kodesh are holy, those things which are neutral, and those things which are evil. Now, if we obey God, we can take neutral things and make them holy in the service of God. An example, there's nothing holy about uh, food. But if you speak a blessing over that food, Now that food is sanctified and it's now made holy in the service of God. But you can't take meat sacrificed to idols. There's nothing you can do to turn that evil into holy because it's already been cursed. This is the miracle of Shabbat Hagadol. They go and get the lamb. They're obeying God. You know, it says the first step in defeating the enemy is courage. I'm not going to do what Pharaoh tells me to do. I, you know, what, um, they may laugh at me at school. They may laugh at me. They may make fun of me. You know, Hollywood may make fun of me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jesus person or a, I'm a God person. But the first step in defeating the enemy is courage. When you've done all the stand, stand. The second step is obedience. No matter what anybody says, this is what the word of God says. Now, Malachi says we do it in love. I'm not against anybody. You know, thank God when I came in, I was a heroin addict and God didn't say, go get cleaned up and come back. God took me as I was. But who the Lord sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. And so here they come with the, with the lambs, the firstborn. Look at it. What are you doing with our gods? What are you doing with the, the God that brings us prosperity? And they said, we're sacrificing this. They rose up. And the very ones that were the most evil, man could not turn them around. Man could not make them sanctified. But God intervened on Shabbat on the great Shabbat of miracles and what Satan meant for evil by a miracle of nature God reversed what was evil and ended up using it for the good of God's people and his kingdom somebody ought to say amen let me close with this now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is God But even if you should suffer for righteous sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to defend to anyone who asks you 
for a reason of the hope that is in you. We're going to take communion. And God, as I was writing that scripture down that Peter said, I wrote this note down to me. It's time for all of us to come out of Egypt. It's time for all of us to come out of Egypt. You can get used to leeks and garlic. You can get used to the government's abuse. But who would want to? God did a supernatural. And what Satan meant for evil, that's why they call it Shabbat Hagadul. The ones who were the worst, God flipped them over. And all of a sudden they said, let God's people go. And what did Pharaoh say? Go. Listen to this miracle. Go. Take all, take everybody with you. Take your, take your herds, your flocks. Take our gold, our silver. And, and bless me on the way out. If God will have a people, God will be God. Shabbat Habadol. Amen. All right, so we're going to receive communion. I've already gone three minutes over, but it's okay. We only have Shabbat Hagadul. This may be the last Shabbat Hagadul we ever have. Think about that. The way you start the Sabbath off or any holy meal is you start off with a washing. And I will do this for all of us. Baruch Tadonai. Blessed are thou, Lord God, King of the universe, who blesses with our commandments and sanctifies by the commandment of lifting up holy hands. And lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. Amen? Now, the first thing you do before you even welcome in the Sabbath is you always give charity. Always. And I'm going to ask you to do that tonight as you leave. We're not going to ask you to come forward. Although I think we're going to start putting the Stetka boxes back down. We can talk about that. I know COVID and everything, but I believe if we're given to God, God will protect us. When we give on the Sabbath, and this is something we train your children up in the ways they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it, is that you, you, the first thing you do as you're getting ready to receive the week's blessing is you bless someone else. Every time God's getting ready to bless you, he first gives you a chance to be a blessing. Please remember that. Please remember that. When God stirs you, when God stirs you to do something, to be a blessing, please remember to do that because he's not taking something from you. He's preparing you to receive a harvest. He's preparing you. And so before you even welcome in the Sabbath miracles for this next week, you be a blessing. We will take tonight's offering. And please, those of you who are watching by stream, I don't know how you do it on the Internet. I have no idea. My granddaughter could tell me, but I don't know. But we have, I just got a text as I'm coming out here on the border of Polk. Uh, Poland, our people, uh, amazing. We're setting up, with Karen Hazel, we're setting up not only places to get people to Israel, we're setting up hospitals, we're setting up, med- I mean, first class. It is amazing. But I'm telling you, it's, 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 fun. it's strange to say a nation needs the money, but they can't wait. They can't wait to go through 
well, I'll say it for a Congress and the Senate to appropriate funds. We got it. There are people right now, right now. And so please, this is not going, not one penny will come to us. This is, we, we need to raise, uh, I believe, right away another $100,000. Uh, and that, I know that doesn't come from here. That comes from all of us all over the world. And so I think on Shabbat Hagadul, there's a special blessing going to be on, on those of us who bless the nation of Israel. Amen. And so after we do that, then we would wash our hands and then we would come and we would break bread. And if you notice that on Shabbat, we always have two loaves. Two loaves represent not where we are right now in Egypt, but where we're going on Passover, on on, um, excuse me, on Pentecost, on Shavuot. Shavuot, the Passover, the Pentecost, the Shavuot offering is the offering of prosperity and divine wisdom. And if you remember that when, when the children of Israel were on the journey, God covered their manna, God covered their manna on bottom and top. Malachi said, I'll rebuke the devourer. He kept the sun and the bugs from it, and he actually gave it a divine flavor. And you, I don't have time to teach all that. But take your bread, would you, right now? This is a sign of prosperity. And those who remember the Sabbath, and especially Shabbat Hagadul, it is a promise of a double portion. Now, I am not ashamed to say God wants you to prosper. Say amen. amen. Amen says so be it. means so be it. Wherever you are. doesn't mean, oh, I'm living in my car. If you're living in your car, God wants you to be able to rent a house. If you're renting a house, God wants you to be able to buy a house. If you're buying a house, God wants your house debt-free. Our God in these last days, as we see in Passover, is the God who brings an end-time transfer of wealth. Can I pray for prosperity on all of us? How can, look at me, how can prosperity be bad? Just for the kingdom of God. If you're making $100, 10% is $10. If you make $100,000, 10% is your new member of my family. Can't be bad. As a matter of fact, all the world will call you blessed. Amen? Are you ready? Before you take it, look at me. Blessed art thou, Lord God, King of the universe, who blesses us with his commandments and command us concerning the bread that comes from the ground. Bread doesn't come from the ground or the earth. Bread doesn't come from the earth. Stems come and wheat comes. But when you're serving God, and especially in the last days, you'll no longer be making a living by the sweat of your brow but God will open up the windows of heaven. Are you ready? Let's take. Mm, I haven't eaten today. That's good. Then we take the wine or the grape juice. Grape juice. The wine represents the seven places Jesus shed his blood. The wine represents the covenant promises of God. The wine represents the Passover lamb. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Wine in the garden, deliver every drug addict, every alcoholic. I mean, blood in the garden buys our willpower back. 
Now, remember, you can claim this for you, your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandkids. Willpower back. Satan, Satan comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. God comes and gives life and life more abundant. Amen. Crown of thorns. Cursed by the thorns and thistles. Pierced Lord's brow. Out came. We're cursed by the sweat of Adam's brow. Out came blood. We're redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack. Our God is a God of more than enough. By his stripes we're healed. Every disease, every sickness under the blood of Jesus. And I claim divine healing and divine health. Friday night, if you know anybody that's sick, bring them. We're going to have testimonies of people that uh, you know about tears and lying. But we got testimonies of people. Incredible healing miracles in the church all the time. Then in his hands, nailed his hands, in his feet, everything you put your hands to. Say everything. Everything you put your hands to. Feet. Every place you put the sole of your feet, authority, dominion. Wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, who do you think you are? I am joint heirs with Christ Jesus. To God be the glory. Amen. Pierced his side. Wounded for our transgressions. He pierced his side and out of that wound came blood and water. Jesus died of a broken heart. He's come to heal the brokenhearted. Come to heal the brokenhearted. What Satan has tried to destroy you with, God is going to turn it around. You're going to look back and say, oh, my goodness, what a miracle of God. What Satan meant for evil, God is using for good. He's going to turn your wound into a wonderful. Amen? And then then he went to the gates of hell, stomped on the devil's forehead, took the keys of life and death. This is breaking every family curse, every generational curse. Are you ready? Seven places Jesus shed his blood. Passover lamb. Amen. If you're ready for every destruction to Passover and you begin the journey to the promised land, give the Lord a great big clap offering. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, all of us in this building, all of us watching around the world, Father, I speak a Sabbath blessing. But more than a Sabbath blessing, I speak the blessing of Shabbat Hagadul. And you said this blessing would be for all generations forever. Father, the miracle that even our own, the, even the things that are our enemy will be turned around and fight for our victory. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, who is our Messiah. And all God's people said, if you're going to have a victorious new year, give the Lord a clap offering. 